This is Space Cats Peace Turtles, the unofficial podcast for Fantasy Flight's Twilight Imperium, episode 26, Kingmaking and Support for the Throne. Music by Ben Prunty, featuring Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson. Welcome to another episode of Space Cats Peace Turtles. Oh, I'm Matt Martins. You don't yeah. like that? You don't like nope. it just diving in? Why? Uh-uh. What do you want to do, Hunter? Uh, I don't necessarily want to do anything. I just uh, want I just want you to take two. You know, I just take want a better. Two. You kind of you kind of came in, you know, it was like, I felt like the way you did that was like we worked together and you were like the guy who worked in the cubicle next to me and you kind of leaned over on your thing and you were like, hey man, what's up? What's going on with you? And your confidence wasn't enough to make me look up from my desk and my work, you know, like I'm busy and I'm looking at the reports uh-huh. and we're not doing too well this quarter, you know, <laughs> and, you know, boss isn't happy with me. Boss isn't happy with anybody at this point, you know, and I their marriage is crumbling. Boss. Yeah, their marriage is crumbling. And, you know, and then you lean over yeah. with your big, stupid face and you're like, what's up? You doing anything this weekend? And I it's like play this board game. You want to join me? Right. You're trying to get me to play some long six hour board game. And you know, you know what I want to do? Crack open a few brews, you know, <laughs> hang out on the beach, listen to Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> we Welcome already... to Space Cats Peace Turtles. This is Hunter Donaldson's podcast featuring a few of his friends. It's about my favorite board game in the world, Twilight Imperium. And it's about sitting on the beach, cracking up in a few brews, enjoying some time with your friends and your buddies. That was beautiful, Hunter. That was a beautiful sentiment. We are joined today. Uh, the only other time we've had a true guest on this show was the designer of Twilight Imperium, and today's guest is our friend Alex. Hey, Alex, introduce <laughs> yourself. Hey, I'm Alex. There um, you go. Yeah, no, that's, that's a great follow-up. That's, <laughs> that's a good great guess. follow-up to Dane, the lead designer yeah. of the board game. <laughs> I am one person who plays the board game. Right, and you've played it with us. Uh, you guys might recognize Alex's voice. He was in our People Who Play Twilight Imperium episode. Ages ago, before Ages we ago. were even famous. Right, um, and so we have a On difficult... tales. <laughs> we have a difficult task today. Um, basically, last week, Hunter and I tried to cover a lot of topics, and one of the topics turned out to be um, quite the hotbed issue, quite the difficult one to unpack and that is king making and even more specifically the role of the support for the throne promissory note mm-hmm. and um we decided we need to just have a round table discussion about these topics uh yeah i want to say here at the top we do not agree on it i feel like i, feel I don't like even know what my opinions fully are that's why i feel like i just want to talk it out I, yeah and so today is going to be a very very different episode for space cats peace turtles we brought alex on because if anything we just need a third party so that when hunter and i cannot come to an agreement on anything alex it becomes your job to agree with one of us now i feel like i planned this really great because typically alex agrees with me on i can't topics believe of you Twilight think that, that is literally what <laughs> i was about think? to say oh, i was no. literally about to say this is the episode where me and alex team up against matt <laughs> and he king makes me in the episode in the argument i'm he, the king maker yes yeah yeah, you, this, yeah we brought you on to king make in this <laughs> argument about king making 
So um, I want to pull basically a bunch of things that have been said throughout the past week uh, on uh, the Twilight Imperium subreddit and Board Game Geek, um, partially in our own posts, but then there's also been some other posts that were made throughout the week on this topic. Mm -hmm. And so lots of things were brought up in these discussions, and I just want to use all those things as jumping off points for us to talk about these crazy topics so the very first thing is let's go ahead and for the for the beginners out there let's establish what the support for the throne promissory note is and does because that's going to be crucial to the rest of this conversation yeah yeah let's so, teach you babies. I think we should also um give a rudimentary definition of what exactly king making is Ooh, yeah yes. i agree and, but i think that's going to be something i think that might be part of the i think we will start arguing we, at that point yes, exactly. because that it's oh, funny okay. that you okay. bring that up because that is trying to define it was what me and matt got stuck on yes. because matt okay. thinks certain okay. things are king making that i'm like that's not king making right so yeah. i think i think part of if anything part of this episode's goal is to find that definition of king making right so okay hunter give us support for the throne okay fine i'll do it um <laughs> It reads, it's a promissory note, um, one of the standard regular style promissory notes, uh, and it reads like this. When you receive this card, if you are not the blank player, fill in with whatever color, you know, you got this, you could do it, you must place it face up in your play area and gain one victory point. If you activate a system that contains one or more of the so-called player's units, or if the so-called player is eliminated, lose one victory point and return this card to the so-called player. It's very good. You did that very neutralized. I like that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the whole gist is you can give someone a victory point, and it makes it to where if they want to keep that victory point, they do not get to attack you. They don't get to target your stuff. It's an it's interesting... It's as hard a, an alliance you get. Yeah, it's about a, a, the, a ceasefire is a similar sort of alliance if both of you trade ceasefires. But I feel like there's... The, the first thing I want to talk about today is the idea of trading a support for the throne for someone else's support for the throne. Because Ugh. support for the throne by itself, as a promissory note, I actually don't have any problems with. Trading you a support for the throne for you to do to not do something else or like in, in, in exchange for trade goods that I need for a victory point or whatever, mm -hmm. that's fine. That's just a normal promissory note. That's just Twilight Imperium. Exactly, buddy. that's just Twilight Imperium. But when two people trade, and really you could extend this for me to all the promissory notes. Two people trading trade agreements is very weird, right? Like if, if you and I both have four commodities and we trade trade agreements, why are, what are we even doing? That's a very weird proposition. And you don't see it very often. It is a weird play. Yeah, same thing with political secret. Two people giving each other the chance to cancel each other's votes out. That's cuter. That's cuter. It's cuter, but it's it's even less done. Support for the throne for support for the throne is done all the time. Ceasefire yeah. for ceasefire is done all of the time. So I guess the first question is, why and have any of you guys ever actually proposed this or had it proposed towards you and what was your response alex um i have i've never traded a support for the throne for a support for the throne i have you i've traded mine in order to get what i considered right. a particularly juicy deal um because it's a support for the throne early in the game is basically nothing yeah it's like a nebulous whatever if anything i yeah. love support for the throne in that i used it in a recent game where i gave my support for the throne to jolnar with the express intent of then immediately getting in their way what did you do you, i you, what did you i do? gummed up jolnar's works is that what you're trying to bait me into saying 
Oh, is that what you did? I gummed up their works. Oh, you had all that gum and you I got it right in, in their, their works. works. Yeah. Because when right, you can, uh, if you guys are playing the drink, the Space Gatsby <laughs> Turtles drinking game, please drink. Take one. Um, yeah. Hunter, what about you? Support for the Thrones. I hate trading support for the throne for support for the throne. And the only time I have ever proposed it, uh, I actually failed. I don't know if you can read that about me, but I see, it seems like a lot of times lately when I propose anything to do with support for the throne, <laughs> people are, um, just kind of cautious and upset, even though I'm somebody that has won several games now by not by essentially getting a support for the throne, but I got a support for the throne as my first victory point and then went on to win the game. Right. Um, it was not a support for the throne for support for the throne. But let me say this. The only time I've ever proposed it is if two other players did it. Right. Is to kind even of the to try and neutralize yeah, the entire the thing. Sure, yeah. 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 I think yeah. that's fair. I don't I, like I have, it. I have one thing that I want to say about it. I I don't know that I really care that much about it. What because, do you mean? Well, I feel like around this whole discussion of king making, there's one thing that, that needs to be clear that... Only one person is going to win the game. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, it it's not the best thing to do, but only one of those people is going to win. And if they're good players, I don't think that the that support for the throne will be in play by the end of the game. Yeah, that's usually my thought in general. Like, if, if it's something that happens within the first three rounds, I think I'm generally not going to even care that much because it's just like, there's no way that could continue to the end right i mean that that's usually my thought some players definitely try to uphold i mean it's bargains. only one player you have to avoid right. activating right exactly Again, and if they're not playing that's true to to make you yeah, do that's it true. That's then true. that's not you know i i don't like the round table trade to like where everybody's trading support for the thrones mostly because i just feel like it's, it kind of bores me because it's like, okay, so we're just going to make this game shorter voluntarily. Yeah, we're yeah, just going right. to take some of the... It's going to play the, nice to each other. That's why yeah. I like it as incentive for other things. Um, there was a recent oh, post course. by uh, Dan Heck on Board Game Geek that talked about how it it is almost like you get to establish new victory points. I'll give you my victory point for you doing this task instead for me. I'm going to go outside of the bounds of the public objectives and secret objectives, and instead I'm saying, you get a point if you make Papa happy. I love that, but I haven't I haven't seen a whole lot of no, that. No, I don't see enough of that, and I just see people wanting yeah. to trade. I think it's because we're so used to trade goods for trade goods, and so everyone just thinks, oh, I'll just swap this thing too. Mm-hmm. But it's like, no, it need, and to me it should be used as a replacement for a objective that maybe you can't get. Yeah. Right. I, I had a, a good use of support for the throne, a good little uh, point in our game. Um, basically, I this last game I, I played, I was playing with a couple new people, and I needed one of them to get out of my way so that I could claim a point, and I didn't want to attack them. Um, so I offered them my support for the throne, and then another player um, offered them their support for the throne, and it just kind of it forced them to choose between us hmm. and and make an alliance um, for the victory point. Right. I guess here's my other thought too. Then, because you you bring up making alliances, maybe I'm alone in this. And Hunter, you've called me out on this before, um, because I I basically have no honor, um, no backbone. I have no backbone. Well, no, it's it's that. Yeah, I mean, I, I just I don't see the value because, like Alex said earlier, there's only one winner, right? We all know yes. that there's only one winner, so. I look at every alliance as obviously it has to fall apart at some point. 
So I'm just very, very willing to pull that trigger whenever it best suits me. Because it's like, in my mind, everybody should recognize that none of these alliances are real. And even if you trade support for the throne for a support for the throne, it's not an alliance. Like, this game doesn't have true alliances. So it always kind of boggles my mind when people talk about they want to do establish a, a strong alliance. But it's like... That alliance was never going to last anyways. Like, I can have the same kind of alliance without trading support for the throne for a support for the throne, at least in my mind. I, I hear you. Um, I feel like, though, the meta overall, uh, this is kind of be- just becomes a player thing about you. Yeah. It makes it very difficult to negotiate with you mm-hmm. because I know no matter what anything I say to you is public information anything that we do like it just it makes your overall um presence i think kind of flimsy when it comes to the meta and that's fine depending on what race you're playing but if you're playing a race that really needs a buddy like we've kind of talked about that a couple times now on the podcast and we're we will continue to talk about it and some of the especially coming up yeah. yeah some of the coming strategy guide episodes um when you need a buddy it's very hard to want to be your buddy basically because it doesn't feel like okay. I can't. I can't just like depend on Matt to hold up his end of the right. deal, basically. Yeah. And when you don't need that, like when you're playing Joel Nar, and I mean you don't need doesn't matter. You, know, you don't need a buddy. I, you don't need a buddy. Right. You've got tech objectives in your back pocket. Yeah. You know, it that's fine. But if you're playing like Ghost of Creus, kind of something that we ran into recently. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about, Matt? Right. <laughs> well, <laughs> I yeah I. I have to disagree. I think that um, you know only only one person is going to win, but I do think that alliances are very real and they they shape the the um, flow of the game yeah. so much. Um, like they can they can completely turn who wins. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Well, okay. And, uh, yeah. But there's generally going to be somebody who gets the better end of an alliance. Exactly. Which is why I'm always, which is why I, as a third party, am always upset to see alliances because I'm just always looking for, well, I'm waiting to see when one person really comes out with the advantage of that alliance. Because one person, they both think they're going to come out with the advantage and I'm just waiting for one of them to be wrong. And in my mind, it's always like, I wish neither of you had done that alliance in the first place. And I wish you had found a way to exist angry with each other <laughs> rather than pretend that you were peaceful you should see how he's looking at me right now because he's just seen me get the better end of the deal so times. many times but and, and i mean genuinely yeah, the, the, to, it's the same friend. it's the same problem i have we talked about this last week and and there were some people that disagreed like the idea of ooh, let's trade let's trade secret objectives for secret objectives like let, let me accomplish mine and i'll let you accomplish yours all that does is put the other four players down a peg, but it doesn't necessarily yeah. put you up enough. I get that it puts you up a peg, and that's like the whole benefit of trading a support for the throne for a support for the throne. Well, my my problem with uh, trading secret objectives, as it's called, is that um, those those are intended to remain secret, right. and I I'm not a big fan of people like nudging each their... other in the ribs yeah. and saying, "Oh, I can't tell you what it is," but all I'm saying is. I need to be next to your home system or right. whatever. Like, I need to build a few more We used to have a lot of problems with that. I mean, I remember many games with you and, like, Connor and everybody where that was just happening constantly. And, like, half the board would be fuming because these two players yep. were just trading objectives left and right. 
Yeah, I think yeah. it's just it's not it's one of those things that I feel like is just not in the flavor of the game. Yeah, not yeah, in the spirit. Of but the it's game. so interesting because at the same time it is like you guys both just said like establishing these comfortable relationships with other players is a crucial part of the game, right? And so so one of the arguments we keep seeing in this discussion is the idea of this is more related to king making than it is support for the throne, but when you decide to make a king you pick the player who didn't screw you over. So essentially just saying your actions in the game, outside of their strategic impact, their emotional impact can come back to haunt you. And so in that way, support for the throne, if you established a comfortable support for the throne relationship with someone, that might be someone who continues to support your race for the throne you know what i mean like it's just this weird thing of like if you did have that comfortable alliance all game and they fall out of the running and you are tied neck and neck waiting for the lead you know waiting for the win to happen that person might have your back and i'm curious oh i mean what about this if you if you had traded this person a support for the throne and they're about to win just do whatever you can to make them attack you and lose that point right right i Let's let's start getting into king making because I think yeah. the rest of this okay. conversation really starts to I think we've broken down like how we feel about support for the throne and the rest of the conversation has to revolve around support for the throne's role in, in king, king making because yeah. that's the bigger conversation here. So, first off, how about we do this? Alex, what's your definition of king making? So, king making is specifically a very very late game move i would i would argue that mostly if not all of it occurs that during the last status phase mm-hmm. um and it it's or a during power the last play. round in general maybe the last like full yeah, la- yeah as people are round. sussing out who the victor is going to yeah be. as you have that talk where you're like okay so this is how it's all gonna play yeah. out and you're not even really playing anymore you're right, just kind of looking but- at there's yeah. there's a difference there's a difference between king making and late game play in general right where you're you're preventing so in late game play late late game play yeah. you're preventing someone from winning because if they don't win you still have a chance to win right when you when you king make you are disregarding um your attempt at winning at all you right. realize you can't win um, so you make a power play to so that you feel good about yourself, so that you can have a tiny victory and not win the game. <laughs> you had an impact. I love your yeah, disdain you... for it and how you define it. No, yeah, I th- I I think that what what I consider king making, I think, is pretty uh, disrespectful to the table. Yeah. Well, you know what's um, funny is in uh, Jada Paik made a post about this on the Twilight Imperium subreddit a, a philosophical treatise on king making if you're looking for it on the tw- uh, subreddit and the top comment with 14 upvotes on what someone should do like what what would you do here's the question let's say you're playing Twilight Imperium 4th edition at a tournament with five strangers you will never see again you can't win but you can decide who advances to the championship round what criteria do you use to make the king spoiler doing nothing still makes one person the winner what do you do the number one comment from internuthead is Try to weaken the one who puts me in that position, or the one who is the most insufferable. I'm somewhat vindictive. And at least 13 people agree with them. Wow. And then the next comment is, I think it comes down to who deserves to win. And then the next top comment is, 
I would do whatever gives me the most points. So, so still playing for yourself, the third, even though you the, can't win. Yeah, the third furthest down is the is the and that's from Topaz Dragon, uh, regular contributor. They're the first person to say I'm still playing for myself, but the other two people are saying it's whoever wronged me is who I'm going to hurt. Okay, well let's. I want to go last weighing in on this because okay. I disagree with something kind of fundamental with it. So okay. what what is what do you, Matt, personally feel about this? Yeah. So I'm I can't say I I have like a firm definition yet. I am looking to kind of find that in this. But I think when we were talking about it the other day, the case I was trying to make is king making is um, actions you take at any time throughout the game that specifically help another player outside yourself and so my point to this was to say not all king making is bad now this is an incredibly hard thing to define and and i'm like already in muddy water right because it's like Mm -hmm. now we're talking about a million different types of interactions and having to determine whether that is good or bad king making but the idea i had on my mind originally was just that like if i you know sometimes you give someone some trade goods for a favor it's to me almost any non-binding deal is in a way king making because if that deal doesn't get met up on the other side that means you gave something for nothing and to me that's king making giving something for nothing yeah even if you have i know there's exactly there's like well there's intent and there's like what you assume will happen and there's perceptions Mm -hmm. so i i agree that it's like it isn't that's not a complete definition, especially if you are trying to define something. It's not the right way to go. But that's where I was coming well, from. Well, let's let's the other stay day. let's stay with Jada's like mind puzzle yeah. here. Yeah. What? Let's put, let's just let's just put you there, yeah. Matt. What's my answer to that? What do question? you? What is your answer to this? What do you? What do? is my criteria to make? Who's this? moving on to the championship? Well, here's the interesting point, and I guess this is why I have trouble coming up with a def- definition because even within Jada Pake's own question, he says this. What criteria do you use to make the king? The assumption is no matter what you do, you are making a king. Again, if you do nothing, someone will become king. So the assumption is any action you can possibly take turns someone into the winner. And so, yeah, I don't... I don't see how you can do anything and not call it kingmaking in that instance, right? And so I just feel like I can apply that same logic to many instances earlier in the game because I can backtrack things that people have done and say, when you did that, in effect, that was kingmaking. It just, we didn't see the effect of it until two rounds later. But then, but so you're taking intent out though. Even things you do without the intention of kingmaking is kingmaking. Okay. And in that way, that's just the whole game. Basically. I think then my problem there is, yeah, it's I don't, I don't, yeah. the intent of support for the throne for a support for the throne, that's where I have trouble defining that is because i don't i don't see that intent as anything besides like existing well, you in are... this nebula meta like impossible to define zone like when you are establishing a support for the throne for a support for the throne trade with someone again we already determined like that's not I really an alliance it's not because it, it cannot last you are both intending on breaking that but you have lifted someone up towards achieving victory closer for themselves okay well matt or well alex let's get to your thing is it is it for nothing in return because it a support for the throne for a support support for the throne it's true is getting you a victory point it's true yeah what if what if you see a path to victory but only if you get this one more point this one you've got you see it you're like oh if i do that if i i can score 
this secret objective, yeah, right. this public, and they probably can't even see I can do that. If I make this one for one trade, yeah, for support for the throne, I mean, I, support for the throne, then I can do it. And that's the only thing that you know that they'll take. They won't yeah. take anything else for it. So that I mean, like, yeah, like I would do that. And I was I was thinking of that before we started recording of like the situations where like I'm okay with trading support for supports for supports, and it is that exactly. It's like I see my path. And I, I know I can get the jump on them. But then, of course, I don't know what they're planning. Exactly. Is it good play at that point? Right. I don't know. Yeah. Well, what's your what's your definition, Hunter? Of kingmaking? Yeah. Well, I just, and I want to talk, disagree? I yeah. want to, I, I need to talk about something that Jada says here that I, that kind of strikes to my core, that I kind of have a difficulty even, I don't know, like, I, the, where he says doing nothing still makes mm-hmm. one person the winner, I I don't agree, and yeah. I don't really see it that way either. I I feel like I don't know. It's maybe I go with um with what's his name Topaz Dragon mm-hmm. when he says I would do whatever gives me the most points. I always stay in my lane, playing right. for not only myself as a player, but like in the kind of role play level. Yeah, I'm representing the Federation of Soul and their desires to be yeah. emperor. I'll say this much: I think that is the like the honorable choice mm-hmm. despite also recognizing no, okay. d- despite <laughs> yeah, also recognizing that like it actually has no value we play with uh, a player Doug who is very very interested in getting second place if he if he he will openly say like oh if i i'm not going to be able to win but i'm going to push for second place and i think there's a lot of groups where they could they just don't care. They could give a crap about. I'm second winner place. take all. Yeah, and 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 so it's funny to me that you are winner take all, but also you are always trying. Like in a situation where it is literally impossible for you to win, one of these two people will win. But you're saying you would still do whatever advances your position. I think people get a little too um, cocky in the late game, though, yeah. and like they they will see the situation as like this is impossible and they will be like, oh, well, so-and-so is going to win and there's no way around it. And like, I don't know, man. Like, it, I feel like I'm copping out too when I think, when I say it all this way, mm-hmm. because it's like, and that's why I wanted, I was like, I really wanted you guys to get a lot of points in before I made this point. Cause I just feel like Jada's question doesn't even like compute in my brain. Right. Cause I'm literally just like, no, I, I, I play. You for, would do nothing. I would do nothing. I'm not, I'm not yeah, making any yeah, kings. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm my- king or nothing. <laughs> Yeah, my choice is if if I could do something, I abstain. Yeah, right. like if, yeah. if 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 I can't rightfully win, then so what I'm do you spend your last whatever. turn doing? I mean, are we talking like your last round is to just a- actually do nothing, or it is it is just working on your economic victories, trying to score a point despite everything else? What if you're scoring a point? You you seeking out whatever goal you've set up does get in the way of one of the other people winning. What we need is a situation. We need a specific okay. sitch. Yeah, I, th- I think it's, uh, you know, do as much as I can to prevent someone from winning in hopes that I can actually still win. Yeah. But I don't think there's ever a point where I resign myself to not winning. Here's my scenario for you. The stage two public objective, control one planet that is in another player's home system, is on the board. You haven't claimed it, Hunter. Mm-hmm. Um, Alex and I are both sitting at nine points, or whatever, and and we have clear paths to victory. You're at six. Oh God, I see what you're doing. So you have a ship. You you have a fleet adjacent to my home system. I am the one who is currently slated to win. Alex needs me to be overthrown to be able to score before me and win. 
you have a victory point that would you, you have a thing that you can do and it would score you victory points but it will not win you the game it will win alex the game what do you do okay so again i'm copping out but th- this situation is only difficult because you're making it a hypothetical where we Agreed. know all of the variables Agreed. in a real game of twilight imperium i would most certainly take control of one of the planets in your home system and score those two victory points i do not know what's going to happen with alex right someone else might take out alex's home system right and and but in in the hypothetical that you're setting up the way that i'm thinking wouldn't even really compute it right it it doesn't work just break but but i feel like that's maybe where some of these when some of these conversations go is because of all the certainty of the hypothetical it makes it feel like yes there's no reason you should ever like, you know, like it makes it seem unavoidable, but I know in the real life version of playing Twilight Imperium that I I would not think that way. Yeah. Alex, what about you? What just kind of flip the names around, but you have the opportunity to take my home system and deny me the win and move yourself up. But Hunter will win. Hunter Hunter's Hunter's Jolnar. There's a tech objective out there. He's going to get the point. I already have the tech. He's I'm, got the I'm tech. number one in initiative right. order. All that needs to happen is you need to, or I need to not be able to score, and then Hunter would win instead. But you could score these two points and also not win. What do you do? Huh. Yeah, I feel like I I agree with Hunter. Um, I would need to know everything else that's happened in the game. Yeah. Uh, my, my impulse to, is to say that more than likely... One of you has been friendly with me, and the other one is not. So you're going to take it on. So, a, you will. You. This is where so you go on the emotional value of that. It. That is where I will support whoever uh, has supported me. So you but would, even though it would I earn you two victory points, if I was the nice guy to you all game, you would opt to not take planets in my home system because it would mean I would get a chance to take out Hunter. If it if it's between you and Hunter, and Hunter has been particularly nasty to me all game then i would not want him to win yeah but i feel i feel like i'm um i don't know like a a reasonable person to play with like i don't i don't get super emotional about things but i don't know it depends on who on who played a better game honestly so there's the other thing so there's two there's two arguments within this right there's the there's the who deserves it you were nice to me and then there's the who deserves it so hunter could have what, yeah, what if it's the scenario where, like, Hunter is a Sarl, and he was at four points last round, and he just got himself up to Ooh, nine points. And I, like, conned to support for the third yeah. of somebody and, like, did, and did it in a really sloppy way. It was, like, a new player. It was, didn't even know yeah, what they were doing. My point is, it was mean, but it was, like, a beautiful play. Oh, okay, so you're going the other way. I'm going the other way. Yeah. yeah it, it was a mean play, but it was beautiful. Do you reward Hunter and let him take that victory? What's going to be the most fun for everyone at the table? <laughs> yeah. I, you know what? That's it. That's a That's good answer. answer. I like that answer. The, what sucks is I think there are some groups, this is going to sound weird, um, and I'll, I'll qualify it after the fact, but I think there are some groups that do not pri- prioritize fun as much as we do, mm-hmm. and all that is to say they prioritize the strategy element of it, right? The people who play once a week, like Blarknob and his group, they... 
they have fun, but the fun that they have is through the strategy. Um, I don't, I can't imagine, I would be, actually, I'd be curious, Blarknaw, maybe you can give us some errata for next week. Tell me, tell me about your, your situations and your group. You guys play week after week after week. You've been doing this for like a decade. What are your thoughts on this situation? Because it's, it's such an interesting thing to have players who the emotional side of it maybe has lost some of its value, right? If you play that often, it really has become broken down to a strategic game Yeah, they probably never you. bang their heads on the table and shake right. the pieces. <laughs> exactly. Can I say one more thing about it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah get in there. About the, about the hypothetical yeah. scenario. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I feel like actually knowing how I play, if, if there's still the slightest possibility that I can yeah. win, even if it's going to take go. He's two coming back turns. Yeah. So I feel like the, the only real answer is to um, do whatever I can to get in your way and gum up your works as much as possible. Drink. Um, just <laughs> yeah. hoping, hoping that you can, hoping that I can stop you from claiming that point and somehow I can slingshot yeah. back around. You know what I will say in this? This is where... I don't think, it, I don't think it's over until, until it's, it's over. over. I, I agree. agree. And, and I think this is where you can have this conflict with other players because I think there's, I think right now there are people that are listening to this and they are disagreeing with us and they think that like these emotional victories are a huge part of the game for them, right? It's all about these relationships you've built up over the past however many hours. Um, and so to that, I would say if I was at a table with like this whole group, you know, we just described a scenario where there's three of us involved. Well, there's three other players at this table. I would be saying to the other players, I'm the one who can attack hunter's home system i'm right here you other three players need to find a way to get into the other person that is about to win like it becomes you know when two people are about yeah. to win mm -hmm. it is the only mission for everybody else to stop that now that is common and that is yeah. like that i feel like that is something that comes up in our games a lot of this situation where the table has now turned on right. to the two potential victors. And you know what? I'll say this too. This is kind of a, a new thing that just popped into my head, but the number of times we have had games determined at the end because of misplays and mistakes and misreading cards, misreading objectives, those we might have counted something out and think that someone has the victory and then they reveal their thing and it's just straight up wrong. Yeah. So... It is true that, like, there is always a chance that the game could go on one more round. Yeah, like, do you guys remember what Connor did? <laughs> <laughs> Hadn't been brought up in a minute. Yeah, you know? I just needed to relive that for a second. No, I think that that is my real answer for me. It's uh, it's not over until it's over. Yeah. I'm going to fight as hard as I possibly can until someone, set, until someone reveals their card or claims the objective, and they're like, I'm at 10 points. I yeah, win. right, it's, it's over. over. The, you could not build a hypothetical in this game that that doesn't completely rule right. like rule there's out too my much nuance. there's too much nuance there's so many random things like yeah. what about that action card that get, lets you steal uh somebody else's strategy card in the mm -hmm. status phase like or yeah, yeah yeah like there's just yeah, exactly. there's so many different swervings so many right. random right. i do agree that there are certainly instances where you can look at it and you you can you can know but I do think that's the part of me that then says, well, you should play as if you don't. 
Because you might not. Because you because something could be wrong. Something, yeah. Who knows what? Because Connor comes might out. play a card he doesn't understand. Yeah. And then, you know what I mean? Like anything could happen. It might even be misplayed. So, that's what I'm. That's, okay. that's what I'm so saying. So we're all starting to agree on this. What do we say to the player that is at our table? Again, we're at like a tournament or something. We're we're at just like a pickup game with people we don't know, and they're wanting to make an emotional. They're wanting to king make. What becomes your argument to people who are at trying to king make? At a, a serious... Well, let's not say tournament. I won't say tournament because that's a different. But oh no, I like saying tournament okay, because sure. I think I think that's you need the stakes to be high because like let's say somebody was going to king. The stakes ma- need to be that you're you're going to be crowned the king of right. Twilight Imperium. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So those are the stakes of all Twilight Imperium forever. Right, or at least until next. Every year. single game is those stakes. Right. So yeah. so that's happening. Somebody's going to king make. And let's say they're going to give it to a person that you feel like didn't really deserve it yeah. as much what as. What if you the, disagree? What happens then? Like, does everyone? So this is you are actually asking a very scary question, and yeah. it's what you said. It's relevant to what you said earlier, where when two people decide to trade supports for supports, you want to get that going too. It's like, okay, well, if they're doing it, we need to all do it because otherwise, some of us are falling behind, right? And I agree with that mentality. If if Alex and Connor trade supports for each other, Hunter and I are going to look at each other and probably be like, all right, let's do it. Fine. Get, I just get them off say the I table. Would, I would never, ever trade a support for the throne. <laughs> support the throne Especially with Connor. With Connor. Yeah. <laughs> I might do it, but not with Connor. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry, buddy. I'm sorry. I don't think he listens to this show. Uh, so, but yeah, so what, what becomes when, when someone else is deciding I'm going to give this victory to EJ because I like the way EJ played and he was nice to me. And then you like him better. It's even pettier. It's just like, he's just nice. But, and, and you think, you think EJ was a jerk this whole game and you want to make Alex a victory. Like, do we get into that? Does the game now become the race to King make or what, like, what do we do in this? Again, we're playing calvin ball with the hypotheticals but like what i don't know what would you say if if it's going there if two or three players are saying we're going to start king making what do you do well i would like to call out another drink because matt said calvin ball yes um and what do you do jeebus Mm -hmm. um what do you do don't invite them back (laughs) (laughs) you sir are banned from twilight imperium for just not having the right tood, you know? I would hate I would hate to see this at a tournament, you know? I would hate to see mm-hmm. somebody just, just... Because the problem is, here's what it is. It, if you put this in a tournament landscape, I can even go this far in being like, you're robbing us all right. of the champion right. we deserve. <laughs> no, yeah, totally, totally. Like, you're, you're g- giving it to someone else, and you're deciding for all of us instead of letting... The game decide yeah, right. who was. Oh man, I'm I'm right on the edge of banning support for the throne from tournament play. I Not that I have no, the authority no, to do it. I don't it. think so. No. Here's that's actually I would I'm love on the edge. I, Alex, did you have anything on that on that point? Um, I don't know. I mean, I just consider it bad play. Like, like yeah. I said earlier, pure king making for me is when it is really a power play. It, it's to yeah. make you feel good about yourself. And you know what? I'll I'll say this much on on that topic. I think. For some people, myself included, depending on the subject, I think bad play versus bad etiquette, like we were talking about last week, yeah, that can become hard for some people to distinguish. I know I've been in tabletop simulator games where someone didn't like a play someone else made because they thought it was bad, but they treated it as if they had been morally wronged. 
And I think that that definitely um, hurts the game when we mistake bad play for bad etiquette. And I'm saying that, again, to myself as someone who has also done this. Mm -hmm. When someone does something you don't like the way they did it, you don't know everything that's going on in their head. You don't know all the strategies they've got planning. So it's not your call to say it's all bad etiquette. Yeah. So pure kingmaking to me is when someone completely disregards the rules of the game and they 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 disregard that winning has any value at all so on the one hand yes. i, I Ooh, do believe yeah. it is good it, it or sorry it's bad etiquette um because it is um i think in most cases stealing a victory away from someone who deserves it right. but then also it's bad play because it's doing something that is not explicitly getting you victory points and launching you to the lead to win right and the the point of the game is to win. Yeah, I actually really like the way that you phrase that because I feel like if you decide to no longer play for the win, you are not playing right. the game anymore. Right. You because, are playing yeah, a new game. The, the latter works when everyone's trying to climb it, right? Yeah. The right. game works best when everyone is seeking victory. If only if if from the beginning of the game only two people were seeking victory and the other four players were just like fuffing about, like mm-hmm. of course that's a whole completely different game. Twilight Imperium works because six people sit down and one person leaves. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's just the only way the game works with all the nuance that we love it for. Um, so I want to transition into this interesting point that was talked about on um, Board Game Geek yeah. by Dan Heck. And I just love this conversation that they got started. And I really kind of want to start with their conclusion Mm -hmm. and kind of work backwards a tiny bit but the idea being that if you hate support for the throne you actually hate twilight imperium you just don't know it yet now that's taking it maybe one step too far in in kind of explaining your thoughts here but i think the nugget is what i agree with which is support for the throne as a resource that you can offer up to people and that you can have a transaction mm-hmm. that revolves around and it is towards the goal of winning the game that is twilight imperium everything you do in the game is weighing the cost benefit analysis of this will put me towards a victory but it might make me weak here right. and it might give this person another advantage that's what you're doing with everything so support for the throne is a microcosm of the entire game but where i and i and some other people kind of also disagreed with this is I think the argument we've been trying to make is there is a part where people start wheeling and dealing with support for the throne in a way that is not that. Yes, and that is outside the realm of what Twilight Imperium is. I mean, I played a game a couple weeks ago. Uh, They weren't able to accomplish this goal uh, because of a misunderstanding, but their goal was for someone to literally support for the throne kingmate. Like like to give their support for the throne. In its rawest form... Kingmaking is when someone gives someone a support for the throne when they're at nine points and they give them a victory point to win. Yeah, That's they, kingmaking, They give right? them the like, resources. Other, yeah, other things could be misconstrued and pulled into the realm of kingmaking, but if we're going to get like super exact with it, it is literally that. It is... Oh, you're yeah. at nine points. Here is a victory point. I don't think you anyone win. would disagree with that definition. Yeah. That is kingmaking in its rawest form because right. literally a play, there's nothing you could trade for right. a support for the throne right. in that context and people, that makes any sense. Right. And people want to make the argument of like, well, if they did it, again, if it's this discussion of a reward, a personal a reward, reward, 
I I feel like that's the part where it there is no question about it being bad etiquette. It's one thing to say you could attack this player or you could not attack them, and that's going to make a king. But yeah. to give someone to either give someone a support for the throne or not give someone a support for the throne is not the same conversation mm-hmm. at yeah. all. I think the the important distinction is is um, giving someone a victory point or denying someone a victory point. Yes. So, so kneecapping if, versus kingmaking. Right, yeah. If you if you so say you have a situation where if you deny someone the victory point they need to win, um, another player is likely going to win. I don't yeah. think that's well, kingmaking. Maybe someone else will step up and, and do something about the other player. You never know. You never know until it's over. Yeah. Again. Yeah. yeah. Last week we defined kneecapping as something that only happens in the early rounds, but I feel like I want a new term for what that's called at the end of the game when you're just trying to... Just like denial, yeah, really. Just, just, just denying... Yeah. Denying the victory. I actually I actually do think, though, that, that part of part of earning the right to the victory is overcoming the victory denial. Right. Right, right exactly. For sure. It's an, it, it is a fact of honor that you get to wear with your victory. Yeah, that you tried I, to stop me and make right. this other person win. You could even then spin it as exactly. like a little little feather yeah. in your cap. Um, I We've made a lot of references to this post. Um, it's a very good post by uh, yeah. DHEC um, on Board Game Geek. I would encourage everyone to read it. We won't recap the entire thing, but I did want to say after like he or she does uh, kind of spell out uh, like a lot of what I would I would call good support for the throne play yes like i when i when i first read it because of my general like kind of uneasiness with support for the throne especially with like how strong they come out for it um i was a little bit like ooh, i'm like uh, yeah. i feel weird about this uh but they do describe what i consider just good support for the throne play yeah. and i would yeah i would encourage anyone listening to this to go read it uh the topic is called or the subject is called hot take support for the throne is great um and I, I don't think they're wrong. I think I do want to make the distinction that my, I think my problem with support for the throne is that it's an, it's highly exploitable. Yes. Is that what I want to say? Exploitable? Here's, here's yeah. where I, I know where you're coming. And this is what I want to say. The reason I wanted to do this episode is, well, first off, I wanted to have a soapbox, but I didn't even know what. I was going to soapbox exactly about. Right. But the end result is support for the throne is something that should belong in the game. But players need to be aware from the onset of what it is they're supposed to be doing with it. Someone in this thread, Agent Drake pointed out in this same thread, I suspect that this may be part of the reason why the first game rules explicitly exclude promissory notes. And I think that is a big factor. When you're teaching this game to new players... Promissory notes and especially support for the throne are a dangerous tool that I don't think new players fully recognize the implications of it. And and I feel like in teaching the game to new players, it is something worth holding back for games. And maybe, like you say, I don't think it's something that should be banned from tournament play because I feel like at the tournament no, level... No, of course. But, at, but the point is to say at the tournament level, those players know how to wield support for the throne. Right. And it's at those very, very low-level first games. All the stories that we get, like we get a lot of this Imperium Life submissions, and we get a lot that talk about people doing these crazy support for the throne plays and it's always with the pretext of this was our first game we ever played and right. people were just wheeling and dealing promissory notes like and nobody's busy. yeah and it's crazy and it's and it's because 
people don't understand how powerful that's going to become later. So this is my soapbox to say, understand the power of support for the throne and and know before you start a conversation with somebody with it, know what your plan is for the end game, really. I mean, I don't think you need to be giving that thing out unless it like adheres to a specific plan of yours. Can I ask you guys one one question about uh, uh, promissory notes? Yeah, yeah. Have you guys ever um, put yourself in a really, really terrible spot with a ceasefire? Uh, like, no, like because so bad I almost refuse to trade ceasefires for that exact reason. Um, I, I think I've only traded a ceasefire in one game ever. Um, I actually really, really hate giving out my ceasefire because I'm I'm absolutely terrified of it completely screwing me over. Same thing with support for the thrones. Honestly, I very rarely give out support for the thrones unless I see the way that I can make it not hurt me that bad. Yeah, I've done some ceasefire trading. Uh, I've even bro- I've broken ceasefires because all it costs. I mean, really, it's in the end, all it costs you is one activation. Yeah. Um, and that you know, depending, no, don't. I'm not taking that lightly, but it is a it, it is a, a much cost. smaller cost right. than. Mm-hmm one whole victory point which is the entire goodie right that is the whole point of the game yeah um i don't i don't think i've ever i don't i don't know it's weird honestly it's i love having this discussion but we uh have kind of learned about ourselves i feel like in doing this show uh that we are we tiptoe a little more promissory notes other players are much more open with them we are just like really we I, always need a good again, deal. Again, it comes down to, it's not even just that we need a good deal, but as players, we are afraid of relinquishing any sort of control mm-hmm. and giving up promissory notes. It's the same reason I didn't like promissory notes in TI3. They were a part of a system I didn't like, but I also didn't like being held to a promise. I just didn't even like the idea of a promise that I had to keep. God, did that, you guys hear him say that? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's, but, but I it, just don't like being held to a promise. But that is, that, in earnest, like, to me, that is what Twilight Imperium was about. Right. Is like, the point is that anything can be deceived. Anything can be, like, this, the context changes with every action. And so I don't want a mechanical thing to hold me to some sort of deal because yeah. things might change down the road. I love I them. think they're much better implemented in TI4 and I love them, but I'm still very, very afraid of them and use them incredibly lightly. Yeah. I think I get more ceasefires that I give out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There have been you games where I've gotten like three. Give. Yeah, that, actually, now that I think about that, that sounded really cocky, but that's how, <laughs> that is truly how I feel. That is who I am, I guess. I use ceasefires as a as like a last-ditch bargaining tool, it's, which is like you won't take any of my offers... So I will, like, I, if the problem, if I, if the only way I can stop someone from coming at my works is to give them my ceasefire, then I will do it. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I have ever offered my ceasefire. Yeah, I don't think I've seen you do it either. No, I yeah. really hate the idea of it. Yeah, I mean, you just keep your works not gummed, you know? Yeah, you I just, I like them smooth. I like Everybody's trying to get their works. gum in your works. Like, everybody's <laughs> If I have to, I'll, I'll give it out and just try to play around it. Yeah. 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 Like as much as I can. Yeah. I would give a ceasefire to somebody across the board, but it never comes up. It's right. kind of the thing. I'm I'm just rarely in a position where I'm giving my ceasefire yeah, to someone that. I genuinely don't think it's going to impact my play. Right. But like too often, there's like yeah. a planet with a trait that I just know I'm going to need, and it's going to end up in there. Like I just don't want to even have that thrown in my in in my face. I can't yeah. stand the idea yeah. of needing a specific planet later on and they just so happen to control it and there's no other way for me to get. Well, you're a, a warmonger. 
Yeah, it's basically. Like. <laughs> yeah, Matt would always prefer war. Yeah, over peace. Yeah, always. <laughs> well, I think I think that's about as as tight a bow as we can put on this conversation. I think I like our definition mm-hmm. of king making just being kind of exclusively if it is only for the benefit almost of, outside of play. Right. Like it's like if it's outside of the kind of theory like theme of the game, yeah. fiction of it the game. It is wrong the- to call anything else king making because like we described, so many different actions can result in so many different occurring you know results and so to say like for you hunter thinking inaction is not action whereas some people would disagree with that like that's where we're coming at this definition for king making king making is a very specific thing and everything else is kind of more existing within the confines of just what late game twilight imperium looks like right i feel like a lot of the points i was making earlier though about that has more to do with your personal attitude yeah. towards it. Right. And it's like, I just try and stay clicked into winning yeah. and playing to win and playing for my race to win. Even if it's, even if all hope is lost, that yeah. sounds even more dramatic and fun to me. <laughs> I mean, not fun yeah, at all. Because wouldn't, it's, it's, wouldn't your victory be so much better? So much if you, sweeter. If you had to make a, a desperate move when all hope was lost. Yeah. Right. Yes. 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 I'm into that. Yeah, I'm in. I'm into that too. Well, let's let's transition real quickly. I, I there's not really very much errata we can do from last week because it's kind of all the same topic. Honestly, this this, this episode, whole thing was a sort of response. this is a two parter. Yeah. really. Um, so I think if anything, we will we will skip the errata this week. Um, we've just already been bringing up a lot of people's points. Um, so next week, if we have errata from this conversation, we might include some of the conversations that happened within last week. So you can consider next week's errata a, a compilation of these past two episodes. So let's, uh, let's before we do the rundown, normally we like to end on the play of the week. Mm-hmm. But that's going to be different this week because our play of the week this week comes from submitter Alex. Alex Lilburn. Alex Lilburn. Some random listener. Um, and wow. Alex, do you, do you want to recite your story? And now I recognize, dear listeners, that this is... We're, we're playing kind a little bit. Some inside this, baseball. This here. is kind of some inside <laughs> yeah. baseball, and I have to apologize, but it just this story is too on theme and too on topic to not uh, go there. So uh, it just seemed really important to get this one out now rather than later. Yeah. This, right, cool, if anything, cool. this is like a big reason why I wanted Alex on the show because I know that this idea of king making is fresh on his mind. Alex, you go ahead. Roll that beautiful bean footage. It's the last round of a two-day affair. We broke up in, like, round six uh, because the game had stretched in well into the hours of the evening, and we came back um, a couple days later. I'm playing universities, and I'm tied at eight points with the embers of Muat, who has a firm hold on Mechatel Rex and has just picked Imperial. I have sharded the throne, giving me one victory point. Immediately, the council goes to session to figure out how we can stop Muat from winning. During all of this... I'm feigning innocence for the other players don't know that I'm sure I'll win if Embers does not. One player in particular, the Hakan player, voices loudly to everyone at the table that he'd rather Muat win than me because of an earlier move I'd made which involved me using Lightwave Deflector to steal a Bees Freya from underneath him, beginning a game-long grudge. Whoops. 
<laughs> we, we decide on a plan of action. One player is to take Mechatol from the Embers, the other is to take the Embers home system. Everyone takes a turn before me, but Sar goes off and does some other thing. Hikan continues amassing their fleet in the, in the face of galactic destruction. Um, I think explicitly to send it at me in case Embers didn't win. Um, and my neighbor, the Arborek, in their cunning, seizes the opportunity to take my home system and taking Shard of the Throne with it. My E-Res Siphons kicks in and gives me four trade goods. So then it gets to my turn. After chiding the other players for their inaction, I send my fleet to Mechatol. I decimate, I completely decimate Mechatol with Terranium Armored Dreadnoughts, but I can't take the planet with my ground forces, as it always happens with Jolnar. So Ember still controls Megatol, and they still have their home system. And a so after sitting there for about ten minutes, trying to figure out a way that they can they can do something with the fate of the galaxy on their shoulders, the Krius sends their fleet with their flagship through the gravity rift to get at Muat's home system, and it works. They take the home system. Muat retreats from Megatol Rex and and engages the Krius in their home system. They they play Imperial, but they're only at nine points. And on the secondary of Imperial, I draw I just draw a secret on a whim. It's Unveil flagship. My flagship's already on the board, right next to my home system. So I take the system back and immediately claim the point. Now I'm at eight again, and to the table I'm the clear successor to the throne. But I'm in a bad spot. I can't spread myself too thin for the territory-based stage two objectives. But the objective that was revealed this round was spend ten trade goods. And I'm the universities. I have ERES siphons. All I have to do is get attacked. So that's what I do. I get attacked a total of five times, netting me 20 trade goods. I lose Shard of the Throne again, but it doesn't matter. All I have to do is hold onto my home system and wait it out. And the Hakan can't do anything about it. And then I made the biggest mistake I've ever made in a game of Twilight Imperium. I revealed my hand too early. Like a comic book villain, I sat back and laughed and told all of them that there was nothing that they could do to stop me. And it gets to the status phase. Clearly, victory is mine. Sar goes first and claims a secret, but they're still at nine and they can't claim any public objectives. But the Hakan sees that they could claim ten trade goods if they had ten trade goods. So for absolutely nothing in return, except for my defeat, Hakan gives Sar ten trade goods. And Sar wins. <sighs> brutal now alex you read that whole story to us and i have to tell you that's not our play of the week our play oh, of the no. week is something that is something that i'm about to do right now yeah the play of the week is about to happen right now so because sit down and i hope that your chair has a seat belt <laughs> uh per the rules reference the only time that transactions can be done is during the action phase on a player's turn and during the agenda phase, the agenda phase. So you were in the status phase, which means that transaction was, was illegal. illegal. So was your illegal. lawyer, your lawyers, Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson here, would like to tell you, Alex, you won that game. You won that game of Twilight Imperium, Alex. It's the only time we could ever possibly see being able to deliver this news to you. Um, we did... Uh, we sort of double-checked by proxy. Yeah. Someone had uh, emailed Dane about this before, actually yeah. quite a while ago. Right. And he explicitly said that you may not do transactions, do transactions during the status phase. Only, or only the strategy phase. During, 
during the the action phase when you're adjacent yes. and during the agenda phase correct yes. you do not have to be adjacent correct and and here's the thing with that game that was actually that was my first game of TI4 um, I then bought TI4 um, and I read the rule book there were a lot of things we had wrong yeah I'm sure um, everybody uh, does <laughs> I was I was thinking about it um, I may have been first in initiative order we were playing um, that you claimed uh, objectives order. clockwise from speaker. Yeah, a lot of people make uh, that mistake. That's a big one. If anything, that's another PSA from from SCPT. Yeah. That's you initiative claim order. in initiative order. Nalu always yep. claims objectives first, and then everyone else in initiative order before you give up your strategy cards. Big deal. Well, there you go. Even if you already knew it, you you are vindicated, sir. We, we we give you the victory. <laughs> they didn't. If, Here's okay, the other wait, thing that no, I have no, no, to no, say. No, 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 no. I've got it. I've got it right now. In this discussion on kingmaking for our like final move, we make you king. You're the king, Alex, Alex. of that game. Congratulations. Can I, I unretro king? Oh no! <laughs> well, wait, what did you do? Can I, I have a confession? Yeah, do it, Alex. All right. So it's my first game of TI4. Right? It was brutal. It was a lot. I was playing the universities. I, for some reason, oh, no. misread, misread my raise sheet. Um, and I was not paying a, a strategy token to cash in on tech that entire game. Oh, my God. <laughs> Alex, you, we take your kingship away. <laughs> and this is not... why kingmaking is wrong. We tried to retroactively so kingmake it. It didn't even make sense. I had way sense. more resources than I should have. Yeah, no kidding. Wow. That you right monster. there, that so was a little morality play. It was, it was yeah. a, com- a completely fumbled wow. Uh, victory. Wow, wow, wow. wow. Well, that's going to do it for us. Let's yeah. do the rundown Jeez. real quick. Um, you can follow us on Twitter, Space Cats Pod, uh, our Gmail, our email. This is where we love to get plays of the week like the one you just heard, as well as this Imperium Life submissions is spacecatspeaceturtles at gmail.com. You can join in our discussions every single week on the Twilight Imperium subreddit or on our Board Game Geek Guild. I don't know if this helps. I'm going to read this off because I never usually get to. Our Board Game Geek Guild is boardgamegeek.com slash guild slash 3103. I guess we are the 3,103rd guild on BGG. They sent us a little thing. No, it's whatever. That's our thing. Um, so you can join discussions there as well. We want to give a special shout out to some of our patrons. Uh, first and foremost, Chief Ulfsark from our Patreon, uh, Randy Ward. And awkwardly enough, today we have to thank Alex C.M. Lilburn. Thanks, Alex. Uh you put us in an awkward position being our friend and also donating to our Patreon, so we'll deal with that oh, later, yeah. I guess. Huh. Uh, but 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 it's really ten on, bucks on, be- on on behalf of all of <laughs> on behalf of all of our patrons, we're we're letting you accept this award of thanks. Yeah. Uh, so also, uh, we have a Patreon. <laughs> we have a Patreon, and you should please uh, help us out with that. Yeah, we, check it out. We out here. We're, we're, we're trying to go to Gen Con this year, and we want to make a really great tournament video. So patreon.com slash turtles. Yeah, what else do we do here? What is um, it? We have a Discord. You can find it in the... There's links in the BGG and the Reddit uh, threads. The Discord's really, really fun. Alex, you're a part of it. What is it fun? Is it fun to be in the Discord and talk about Twilight Imperium all the time? It's uh, fun. There's been a new development in memes. Um, that's been pretty exciting. Yeah, we got great memes, guys. Yeah, oh my our meme, gosh. Our meme game is, well, their meme game. A couple of them have, have bled into uh, like the subreddit and stuff, but I feel like our Discord is the only like choice place 
for like good twilight imperium memes because everywhere else they kind of get shunned away from but we have a special section for you to just throw them at us and we love it it's great so come come join our discord also people on the discord have been randomly thanking me and blowing <laughs> really up my phone and i don't really know why it's happening but i do want you all to know it will never be enough <laughs> One quick thing we forgot to add while recording this, we are playing a game this Saturday, April 7th at 4.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, and we will be live streaming it on our YouTube channel, Space Cats Peace Turtles, and we would love it if you joined us. Not only that, we are letting all of anybody who wants to vote for the races that we're going to play, so starting yesterday and going until the stream starts we've got a straw poll running we'll have that up on reddit on the bgg on our twitter everywhere we're, we're trying to throw it out everywhere we possibly can so please vote on what factions you want to see included in this game and please please join us on saturday for this game we want to get lots of people in there uh, we're going to try to make it as interactive as possible we want to do as much what we're sick of seeing and doing twilight imperium streams where it's just six people looking at a table for eight hours we want to do more so come join us and throw ideas at us and we're going to just throw spaghetti at the wall and at you guys and see what lands and try to make it as fun as possible we want to show the world what twilight imperium is made of and these live streams are really where we get that going so come join us on our youtube again that's 4 30 p.m pacific standard time saturday april 7th can i just give a shout out to a couple of memes that i liked Obi-Wan Kenobi saying, Winu, now there's a race I haven't seen picked in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for thanks joining for us, Alex. This has been a special... So, yeah, what? Am I the king or am I not the king? You're not the king. You are not you, the king. We made you king and it was bad that we did it, which is a little, mi- the little morality play. The revolution happened and yeah. you are not the king. Yeah, you were, you, you were a bad king to pick. And that's what happens when you king make in the first place. It's too much responsibility anyway. Yeah. Who wants to be king? Thank you for listening to Space Cats Peace Turtles. And thanks to Ben Prunty for the use of his music. You can find more at benpruntymusic.com and benprunty.bandcamp.com. Pax Magnifica Bellum Gloriosum. <laughs>